Well, the RBA lifted rates a bit more than expected yesterday. They've lost a little of their patience. We'll look at the reaction to that and what else could be gleaned from the events of yesterday. Whilst all eyes now are on the Fed tomorrow morning, before that we get trade numbers and job numbers for the US and Aussie retail sales and lots more besides. It's a busy day ahead. It's Wednesday, the 4th of May, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities continued the rise that we saw at the close yesterday. The S&P 500 up 0.5%, just 0.2% for the Nasdaq. In both cases, actually, they've halved the gains they'd made earlier on and just 0.2% for the Dow this morning. The FTSE was closed yesterday. It's up a quarter percent today. The Eurostox 50 up three quarters of 1%. And bond yields down just one basis point for U.S. uh, 10-year treasuries. More than that earlier, uh, it seemed they were running away from that 3% mark. But look, six basis points uh, up for two years. So a bit of flattening going on in the yield curve ahead of the Fed tomorrow morning, although it's going the other way with Australian government bonds. Ten years up, 14 basis points at 3.4% now, more than 14 basis points for, for three years. And oil prices well down this morning, a 2.3% drop for WTI, Brent down 2.1% at just over $105 now, and a bit of a fall in the US dollar, down a quarter percent on the DXY. That's helped the Aussie dollar up 0.6% today, just shy of 71 US cents. And and that really is the biggest move in the uh, the major currencies this morning. So the bond reaction in Australia, obviously a response to the RBA. We'll examine a bit more uh, with NAB's Taylor Nugent in a second. But first, NAB's Ivan Cahoon in Perth at the moment. Let's look at the RBA decision. A 25 basis point rise from the RBA yesterday. Not what most people predicted. But it seems those predictions were based on achieving a nice round quarter percent or a nice round half percent. But Ivan, the RBA are happy with 0.35 percent. And obviously... <laughs> Obviously, it's just the beginning. So, you know, if they want to round things off, they could do 40 basis points next time, couldn't they? Yes, and um, the governor used the term or the phrase business as usual to describe a 25 basis point increase. So that's what he considers the normal steps. That was quite interesting because the markets are still discounting much faster rate rises over the the rest of the year than just 25 basis point increments. So um, Mm. someone will have to change. Where will it get, though? So uh, if if Philip Lowe is saying the normal rate is 2.5%, the the, the end rate, I mean, we've been in emergency mode. So if we're now getting back to the normal rate, then you'd you'd assume that that is the destination. But if inflation is going to be so much of a problem, surely they're going to have to go a bit higher than that, aren't they, ultimately? Yes. And look, I think there's, there's still a lot of uncertainty about uh, inflation. Um, there are still pandemic effects definitely in the calculation as the governor and we're expecting uh, those some of those effects to uh, reverse over the next 12 to 18 months, uh, not necessarily in the next six months. Um, at the same time, they're picking up that wages are picking up uh, or strengthening through their liaison program. That shouldn't hardly be surprising. Everyone's been talking about labour shortages for a long, long time, and that that's a counterbalance to uh, some of the normalisation or reduction in those um, pandemic effects and supply chain effects. So, so, you, so this gradual approach is because they're not quite sure how how bad inflation is going to get. I mean, presumably, I mean they've they've up their their forecasts. So is now, but presumably those forecasts are based on interest rates going up. These are not the do nothing scenario. When they give an inflation forecast, they must be saying, well, this is how we see inflation given where we think interest rates. Yes, are they make made a slightly different technical assumption because so much. Interest rate rises are priced in by the market. They've done an average of economists' forecasts and 
market forecasts. Uh, so yes, they they do have that in their their numbers. Um, I guess the most important thing is they they have revised up inflation very sharply. They've swung their policy um, targets, if you like, or objectives to getting inflation back to target to returning inflation to target, right, from the top side. So having waited and allowed inflation to get up quite a lot, uh, they probably now, obviously, they need to um, move reasonably quickly. You can be gradual and you can business as usual can be 25 basis points, but we're actually thinking they'll they'll do a string of 25 basis point moves over each of the next three months and get back to around uh, one and a quarter percent or 1.1% um, in, uh, in, at the August board meeting. Right. So why, why the gradual approach then? Is it because they are waiting to see what happens with inflation? Is it because they are concerned about the impacts if they go too fast on housing debt, particularly, for example, in, a, in Australia? I mean, why not the shock and awe approach that we seem to be hearing about from the Fed? I think two things. One is um, it is true that Australian wages haven't picked up as much and Australian inflation hasn't picked up as much as in the U.S., and I think, and so, uh, as you said, we've got high household debt, uh, we can move rates up, it has a very direct impact, whereas in the US it's, it's the long bond yield that is, um, is more impactful on the economy. And I think the other thing that is, um, is relevant is we have board meetings every month. Um, so if you want to get rates up uh, 50 basis points, yeah. you can do that. Very quickly. In, Around a month. Yeah, two meetings, back to back, absolutely, whereas it's about six weeks, isn't it, between uh, the uh, the Fed meetings. So finally, just this, this idea that they are, they're no longer going to uh, reinvest as government bonds mature, so they'll uh, they'll basically won't be, they're, they're, any reissued bonds will just go straight onto the uh, to banks or uh, into the open market. So that's gradually going to bring down the balance sheet. What impact do they think that's going to have? I mean, his perception was it wouldn't have a big impact because the market's um, a large expecting that, and I think that's true. Probably more important was, um, you know, for markets and for, for pricing, I think, will be when the term funding facility uh, rolls off, and that, that rolls off around half around June next year and the, the final uh, 50% June the following year. And that um, takes a, a lot of um, relatively cheap funding uh, from the banks. It will run down the RBA's balance sheet, and that probably will that will tighten financial conditions and and raise funding costs of banks. So I think that um, is a bigger impact certainly in the next couple of years than not reinvesting. Um, maturing bonds. Now, obviously, there were some surprises to yesterday because we've seen a market reaction. If there, were, there wasn't any surprise, then you wouldn't have seen that. But let's talk about it with uh, Taylor now, because we saw a 19 basis point rise in three-year yields. So clearly, this is more than people were expecting. I mean, that, that 15 basis point rise is what they'd all been bargaining for, wasn't it? That certainly seems to be the, the case, Phil. So the, the slightly larger um, hike on, on the day. But yeah. I think also the, the, the statement seemed to read as, as slightly more hawkish than maybe some were expecting with um, a sharp upward revision to inflation forecasts and with that underlying inflation rate expected to stay above target for a long time. And so that certainly seemed to add to, to the market reaction. Um, and so you already had, um, 
you know, futures markets well priced for a fairly aggressive tightening cycle ahead of that meeting. And, and that's moved higher, as you mentioned, that was reflected in the 19 basis point increase in the in three year yields on, on the back of that meeting. And you saw that across the, the pricing for the next few meetings as well with kind of the whole the whole um, path this year moving higher, starting with more priced in um, in the next meeting. Now, look, there's a lot of numbers coming up today, including Aussie retail sales later on. What are we going? We have to go through all of this very quickly because there's a lot happening and not a lot of time left. But what are we expecting on those retail numbers? So for retail sales, we're, we're in line with consensus at 0.5% month on month. A, a lot of that probably reflects um, inflationary pressures coming through late in the quarter, which we saw in the in that Q1 CPI data last week. Um, and then th- that's ahead of the, the volume estimates for, for Q1 early next week, which will be an early read on on the consumption number for, for GDP. Um, and we're looking for that to, to show an increase of about 1% in in um, in real terms as well um, for the quarterly increase, and that's um, that's in line with consensus as well. And it's a busy day because we've got the FOMC, of course, tomorrow morning, just before tomorrow morning's podcast. Ahead of that, today we saw another sign, I'm guessing, of growing inflation in the United States. We've got more job openings, 11.5 million of them, uh, a bit more than expected, but also a rise in job quits, over 4.5 million. So, I mean, you only tend to quit if you're getting out of the workforce altogether, which would just add to labour tightness, uh, or you've got a better job elsewhere, which is going to pay you more, which would add to inflation. Either way, that, that those numbers don't look like they're good for containing wages just yet in the United States. Yeah, that jolts number, certainly nothing in there to dissuade the Fed from thinking that um, it needs to needs to get moving on on interest rates and start and front load some of those hikes with the, the that data for the month of March. So about a month behind the, the payrolls data, which is coming up on Friday for April, which will also mm. be very interesting to see, but showing a, an increase in, in um, job openings to a new record high, as you said, 1.9 job openings now per unemployed person which is a, a very high number and reflects just that strength of labor demand and and as you say quits up three percent in the month as well so all of those indicators consistent with the labor market looking tight very market. tight in march indeed yeah absolutely and in factory orders up quite a bit too as well 2.2 percent month on month that's quite a rebound it's that actually the highest since may last year but just on the fed i mean are we still uh, fixed on 50 basis points is that is still the expectation that's certainly what what we expect and it's the the strong consensus um, out there as well. Um, I just had a look, 81 out of 90 respondents to the Bloomberg survey are, are looking for 50 basis points um, from, from the Fed. Um, and that seems to have been well telegraphed by, by Fed speakers ahead of that. The holdouts in that survey are, have opted for a, a 25 basis point move. Um, and market pricing is also um, kind of, you know, fairly fairly convinced of a, a 50 basis point move as well. We think that the, the more interesting will probably be, um, you know, any kind of nuance around quantitative tightening away from what was already signaled um, in terms of the in terms of the pace um, that 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 happens um, and also what how fed sorry how how Powell sounds in in the press conference whether he remains convinced or, or whether the the conviction is being challenged a bit more that the kind of the the soft landing is possible um, and and what 
what um, expectations are like for for just how high rates need to go and whether they need to move into into restrictive territory rather than just kind of up to the broadly around neutral by the end of the year that that we expect. Soft landing. There's a, such a massive question mark after those words. Soft landing, isn't there? Uh, anyone's guess right now. Look, inflation in Europe as well. Uh, that's uh, that's there. Producer prices rose more than expected. Just to add to you know the already documented evidence there. That's right. Yeah. So the the European PPI kind of you know reflected those themes that we've already seen of, of higher energy costs come through in um, in some other data up you know a, a very strong five point three percent month on month um, in March and certainly doing nothing to to change that to change that narrative that that those upstream cost pressures are driven by energy are very very strong in in Europe and you saw some comments from the ECB Schnabel as well suggesting that she's seeing inflation pressures broadening out mm. um, and that um, that it's time for time for action from the ECB in coming months big debate going on in the UK now now after BP uh, you know signified that they weren't had this massive profits and are using a chunk of it for share buybacks so shareholders are going to do very well while those people struggling to eat their homes aren't doing quite so well which is why people are arguing for a windfall tax but the uh, the prime minister is having none of that just now uh, but European shares generally are holding up very well aren't they and we found out who the culprit was incidentally for the flash crash yesterday in Sweden uh, it was a fat finger error or an input error City Group have fessed up to it uh, so it shows that sort of thing can still go on uh, but look let's look to uh, later on today uh, the RBNZ financial stability report is out uh, also job numbers employment numbers uh, and labour cost numbers as well importantly for New Zealand and we get a press conference from the RBNZ as well so lots to look out for in New Zealand this morning. Yeah, that's right. So that certainly kind of leads off early in our time zone. The, um, the financial stability report up first. Um, interesting, given what's going on in, in the housing market in New Zealand at the moment for kind of an update on the RBNZ's read of, of that situation, given falling house prices. Um, and then after that, the, the quarterly unemployment data um, expectations are for the kind of the key indicators, unemployment rate, employment and, and the participation rate to be broadly unchanged. And it could be kind of a very difficult um, report to interpret, given that it is so Omicron um, affected, um, but then mm. also should show, as you mentioned, an acceleration in, in that wages number as well in Q1. Yeah, well, it was only 2.8% last time, wasn't it, year on year? So it, it would be pretty easy for that to pick up, I would have thought. Yeah, so consensus is for a, a 0.7% quarter on quarter, which would be in line with um, what, what printed last quarter um, as well. And ahead of the uh, FOMC, we also get uh, US balance of trade as well. And uh, I think you've already mentioned the ADP employment numbers ahead of the, the non-farm payroll. So um, I would, obviously the Fed is going to be looking at those job numbers again to see, you know, uh, whether wage pressures are getting worse or are they starting to ease off? Yeah, that's right. So the, the, that hourly earnings number will, will again be in focus and just kind of any any change to that that pace of pace of hiring showing up. We sure saw in the jolts number that in March, that kind of pace of new hiring remained fairly fairly stable um, and expectations for another another strong rise in, in non-fund payrolls, consensus looking for 390k um, payroll gain. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, overnight, we get the, the ADP number, which might give, give some... St- Year and expectations of a 380k gain in that, which is consistent with what people are looking for on Friday. Right. Well, we will be here bright and early tomorrow morning to give you uh, whatever's come out of that, that Fed meeting early tomorrow morning. Uh, good to talk to you, Taylor. Catch you again next time. Thanks, Phil. And that is the morning call for this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you tomorrow morning.